Hey friends, and welcome back to Ginger Biz, the podcast. I'm Katie, your host, and I'm really excited to have you here with us today. Today, we're going to be covering the topic, the most important principles to managing a remote team. But before we dive into that, I'm going to give you a couple life updates, let you in on a little thing, couple things that we're working on, and we'll go from there. I'm a ginger who snaps photos, but my real jam is business. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, now kicking it on the East Coast. I'm a successful entrepreneur who wants to share my passion with the world. We will walk through my journey as an entrepreneur while balancing motherhood, a full-time executive role, and living life to its fullest. This podcast will be an educational resource on entrepreneurship, a raw, uncut look at motherhood, and a place for you to find encouragement. Whether you're exploring entrepreneurship, been at it a couple years, are a mother, a full-time employee, or just want a good laugh while learning, put your headphones on because we're diving in. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to have you here. So recently, we have solidified a systematic approach to having guest speakers on the podcast, which I absolutely love. If you're familiar with the DISC, D-I-S-C profile, I am a hard and deep C. So that means I like logistics. I like systems. I like things in order. And so when I say that we have introduced a systematic approach to having guest speakers, it makes my heart flutter. I am so happy with the approach that we're taking. I will say too that it's been super helpful because then our team members can also help assist in getting guest speakers on this podcast and just getting all the information in one spot. It's like working smarter, not harder. And I love it. Additionally, we're also working on a couple courses that we want to launch in this new year, and I am so excited for it. As many of you know, we did launch one course last year. It was towards the end of the year, and it was Podcast 101, which just walks you through the steps of how to launch your very own podcast with the logistical pieces, the planning process, and everything in between. It covers all of that. If you're at all interested in that, feel free to hop over to our website. It's there. You can find it. Super affordable price for all the information that's in there. And it's really, it's not rocket science if I'm being honest, but it is one place where you can see everything. We did tons of research when we were launching this podcast and we gathered from so many different sources. And then also the the course itself covers our experience and what has worked best for us. So it's there. But that being said, we're working on a couple other launches for later this year for courses that we are creating and different resources for you, our listeners. And I am so excited for it. I also have a crazy three-year-old who keeps us on our toes and we love hanging out with her. Uh, We've been going swimming. We signed her up for soccer. She's in gymnastics. And it's just a load of fun being able to see and watch her learn and grow. And honestly, she's getting to the point where she loves hanging out with our microphone when Philip or I are recording. So one of these days, I might just have to have her on as a guest. We will have to see. Uh, Yeah, I think that's like most of what's going on with us. This year in 2023, we are going to be having a couple major pivots in our businesses. And I am both anxious, excited, and nervous on all emotions for them because I cannot wait to share them with you. Uh, But we're just kind of working on figuring out what's the best drive for us and what works well for us as a family. So that's about it. I mean, as much as I can cover in a quick three-minute recap. But yeah, holidays were great. My birthday was earlier this month, which was super fun. Work, 
my day job has been crazy busy for me just because I have a lot of initiatives going on. I actually want to talk about those in a later episode, but one of which is that I'm going to be going to a lot of colleges in the area and getting to speak to different classrooms about different topics. And obviously I have a podcast. I love talking. I love educating. I love diving into this. And so that's actually something I'm going to be doing for my day job, which will be covering mostly hospitality club and human resource topics, but I'm still really, really excited for it. So all that to be said, that's That's what's going on. So let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. It's the most important principles to managing a remote team. Now, I have had a little bit of experience with this in my day job as well as in our business as an entrepreneurship journey. So this comes from a variety of different experiences that we've had. And I'm just excited to share with you because I personally don't think managing a team is very easy. I think managing any team is super, super hard and challenging, but particularly a remote team has presented many challenges for me. And I think understanding those challenges that me and those remote workers are facing is super beneficial to understand and know and have a knowledge base of it, because then you're able to really set yourself and that team up for success. So Again, managing team is hard. So let's dive into some ideas and important principles to set you up for success. My first principle is going to be set clear goals and a mission, okay? Everybody's gotta be on the same page. Uh, The most important thing to any team is knowing that you're working towards the same goal and same mission. So set a mission statement with specific goals. Review this with the team to make sure that everyone understands and has buy-in to this. Now, this goes back to a previous episode that we've talked about for setting and creating a mission statement. Hop over to episode 40 for writing a mission statement, because this is going to help you immensely as we roll into the topic of managing a remote team. So setting a mission statement with specific goals and set specific goals for the department or the project that's specifically being managed. So review these with the team members and check in regularly to make sure that everything is going okay and that everyone is in line with their goals. Now, one thing that I would say for this especially is setting that goal, introducing that project to the team, and then having a check-in not too long afterwards. So let's just say Monday you roll out a new project, something big, something intense, check in on them later that week or even the following day because some people are not like rapid fire with their questions. Like I myself, if you were to present a project to me, I'm like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I'm just firing. But like my husband, Philip, he is much more like, okay, let me chew on this. And then the next day, come back with those questions. So once you set that goal, set that project with them, check in on them to make sure that they haven't had any questions arise. Now you should be checking in on them regularly anyways, but I would say anytime you know that you're going to propose a bigger goal or bigger project, slate time to check in with them relatively soon afterwards, long enough that they can digest it, but soon enough that you're not wasting any time, not getting, getting results and working on that. 
A second point in this would be use deadlines. Deadlines are a clear way to set expectations. Once clear expectations are set, you are then able to allow the team members to manage themselves to a much larger degree. So if you come in with that project, you make sure they're set up for success and you say, hey, I need this done by January 12th or whatever. That's my birthday although I arbitrarily chose that, um, then they know, okay, this is when I need to work on it. And quite honestly, if you have someone who's a procrastinator, that is going to give them a firm deadline so that they do eventually get to it. I myself am a big procrastinator if I'm not super intentional. And so having that end date is like, okay, 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 I have to get it done. Deadlines initiate accountability and allow you to set rewards and consequences, right? So you can say, if you finish this by X date, then we can roll into this next thing. Or if it's a super big one, you can give them a bonus. Or like, I like to send different gifts to my team or even just notes to thank them for the hard work for that project. And so you're able to kind of do that. And then with consequences, you can always follow up like, hey, this is why we have to have this done. And if you check in with them, a bit before that due date or that deadline and they're not tracking to have it done in time, you can be like, hey, this is why, because once you finish your portion of this project, it carries over to this team member and this team member, and we don't want to mess up that flow. So you can really focus on that accountability, but be gracious with deadlines. Okay. Allow the team members to have input, input in setting those deadlines and ensure the team members have the needed resources and support to meet those deadlines. Now, I will say that in my day job, I went the wrong way for a bit with some of my team members. I assumed that when I gave them an assignment, they would self-inflict a deadline that fit basically their time management style. So I remember specifically with a team member, I was like, here's your project. Let me know when you're able to get it done. God bless her. She couldn't get it done. And I would check in regularly and the way that her mentality worked, she never really made it a priority because without a deadline, she just kind of thought it was just out in the atmosphere and like eventually we'd get to it. Whereas my sense, my thought process was that I assign it to you, you look at how big the project is and you assign yourself a deadline knowing how much time and effort you're going to have to put into that. Well, not everyone thinks that way. So it's super important that you have those conversations. And that's where being gracious really plays into it. Because if you sit down with Susie Q and you tell her that you want it done by X date, that might be too soon for her to realistically get it done. Now, my husband and I are polar opposites. He loves doing research. He dives in. He gives it his all. I'm a little bit more fly by my cuff and like figure it out as I go. So my turnaround time might be faster than his turnaround time because he needs to take that time to process it, to research it, to calculate his thoughts and feelings about the project and then execute it. Whereas I, again, I'm rapid fire. And that's just the differences in our personalities and our work styles. And so be mindful of that when you are trying to set deadlines and when you're working with the team to set deadlines, because you want to make sure that you're supporting their style while also creating that sense of accountability to be able to check in. So deadlines are not so that we can be like task masters. They're really just to set clear expectations and stay in sync with each other. Again, going back to my point, if the project is dependent on multiple different people within your team, if Susie Q is holding it up, you want to have a deadline to help set clear expectations so that she knows when it's done so that the next part can go on to the next team uh, member and, and really make it efficient. 
Now, my third thing with managing remote teams is promoting life balance. Remote work is similar to in-person work where the team members do face a work-life balance and also mental health issues similarly. You don't want them to be so stressed and so worried about these deadlines that they can't find that balance. The challenge with remote work is that there's little to no physical separation from their work life and home life, meaning that they have to work harder to not let them bleed into one another. So with that being said, you want to make sure it's important to show your team and yourself that you support it being a priority for them to have that work-life balance. Initiate formal tactics to help, such as working hours and days off where they're not expected to reply to messages or tinker with work items. So right now, I can use one of our team members, for example, Carla. She helps with our social media and what her work working hours, I guess, are are Monday through Friday. She doesn't do anything on the weekends. There's no expectation that she does. Now, it's her prerogative if she ends up having extra time on a Saturday where she wants to do it and create graphics or whatever. That's up to her. But the general thing is like, we want you to step away on Saturdays and Sundays. Don't touch your phone. Don't touch social media. Just do you. And also, to take that a little bit farther, the way that we have her set up is generally she would do her work in the mornings, not in the afternoons. And that helps her, I believe, with her time management and balance because she's a full-time student. So it enables her to be able to focus on school in the afternoons, go to classes, do what she needs to do, and knock out our stuff in the mornings. So for me, that's hugely beneficial because Two things. It allows me to also know when she's working. So if I know when she's working, if I need to fire off anything to her, I can do it during those hours. No, I will say that unless something's crazy urgent, which it never is, we're not we're not surgeons, we're not doing anything important to that regard. Um, I can shoot her emails during that time frame or set up calls with her during that time frame or do assignments during that time frame versus, you know, bumping into her on the weekend or on Sunday or something like that. So it's super helpful to make sure that the team members know when they are expected to work and when they're expected to relax, like making sure it's a priority for them to have that work-life balance. And so that's, that's kind of what we do here. And honestly, we use the same tactic in for ourselves, for Philip and I. And that means that I'm only going to work during certain hours at certain times because I don't want it to bleed over into my personal life and have to balance watching the baby or trying to navigate my mom hat while doing my business hat. So for us, that's a big deal. And I know that as our team grows, we only have a couple team members right now, but as it grows, like I would love to do something where Friday's they have they have Friday, Saturday off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Like we can get what we need done in that first four days and we don't need that additional day. So make sure that you take time to have that work-life balance. And I know other entrepreneurs who have team members who really push that home. And sometimes depending on the person, maybe they're working on Fridays, we'll do a check-in, make sure that they are really focusing on balancing that and taking that time. And I think that coming from the top, it's so important to know and showcase that as an example. Like if my team members know that I'm working all day, every day, and I'm like, hey, go home, don't work. They're less inclined to do that because they don't want to be seen as like slacking or not putting in the same amount of effort. So I really have to be intentional with my time and make sure that I'm showing it and leading by example. 
My next point with this topic is making yourself available. Remote workers can be isolated and presented with lot logistical challenges, such as learning a new task or asking questions that are harder. And so they don't see you in passing. Hey, Katie, can you show me this? Can you do this? It's literally they have to send an email or a text message or respond in one of the like um, like monday.com or whatever case that you're using. And so it's really important to make sure that they're not feeling isolated and that they feel support and know that you're available to assist them. So developing routines to present to your team members each day and have open forms of communication that you initiate regularly as a leader is so, so important. Um, email not, may not be sufficient for this. A team chat, phone calls, or regular video calls can definitely support that. But if it's simply just email, that can be super challenging for that remote worker because they need to know that they have access to you. Now, again, in my day job, I'm I'm in in the office with my team, which is great, but we can do regular check-ins. And I know that when my boss, my direct supervisor is not available, sometimes it can be challenging if I don't know when they will be available next. And that could be how your remote people feel because they don't know what your schedule is like today. They don't know what you're knee deep into. They can't just walk into your office and see that, oh, it's a light day. Let me ask some questions or, oh, it's a busy day. I'm going to stay out of their hair. So you need to make sure that you're available to them. I will say, unfortunately, when I'm at work, it's challenging to over, overlap both both of my endeavors, my career world, my entrepreneur world. So we have set it up so that Philip manages the team in that regard. He He shows up, he does the video times, he checks in on them. Now I do as well. It's just a very different look for us. And that's one thing that we have is that we're both managing our team. So making ourselves available looks a little bit different but our team is still getting that access to us to help build a foundation and ask those questions and have that communication and support so that they can be successful. I would say if your team is not currently successful, it could be the way that you manage and the lack of access that they have to you. Expecting them to just be able to do everything on their own while would be amazing is not always the case. So it's something to be mindful of when you are managing a team. Are you making yourself accessible? Are you giving them enough time so that they can utilize you as a resource? My next point is always communicate. Overcommunication is not a bad thing. If you're working towards the same goal, the most important thing for a team is having effective communication while doing the project because It's just so, so important. This plays a role in all principles that we've discussed this point. You have to be very intentional with creating a positive communication culture. So find balance between formal and non-formal communication. Always, always, always maintain two-way communication and cross positional lines regularly because you just want to make sure you have that communication. And then of course, we all know this one, always be honest in your communication. And this is something that I think that I probably am an over communicator to any of my teams, both in the career and entrepreneur world is because like, I would rather check in regularly, check for a pulse, check that they know what they're doing. And oftentimes, even in just like a simple email, I'll put like questions, comments, at the end, like, what do you need? Does this make sense? Because communication is the number one way that you're going to get things done. 
Like it's going to be the best and most solid way to approach any any aspect of a team manager dynamic because you've got to have that open forum with two-way communication. Now, I would say that you want to have formal communication. So some of this would be if there's a big project, making sure that you set time aside to sit down, have those conversations, have that two-way dialogue, present the project, let the team ask questions and go from there. But then like an informal communication would be just checking in daily, making sure that they're doing okay on their projects, following up if they have any questions, anything like that is super beneficial. So going back to my first point is if you assign a project, following up the next day is going to be important. And that might be a more non-formal communication style where it's just like, hey, did you have any questions on that? We can slate some time for it. I'll also say that personally, it works best for me to have a weekly meeting with team members to check where they're at, how they're doing, what's going on, especially when we have multiple projects going on. I want to know what feedback do you need? Where are you at? Are you stuck on any speed bumps? How can I help you get over them? What are we doing? So just having that open dialogue is hugely, hugely beneficial. And sometimes it's good to just bring the whole team in because what Susie might be asking might also be questions that John has. And if John and Tyler have it, it's really important that they can all hear it and kind of feed off of each other. Plus, if Carla asks a certain question and then Tyler, you know, it feeds into Tyler having like, oh, that's a good point. Well, what about this on that? Super helpful to have them all in one area, video, video meeting or whatever to kind of hash that out. So again, as we kind of wrap up this topic, working remotely can be extremely rewarding. It offers so much flexibility and comfort that can be hard to gain in an office environment, but working remotely also has its challenges. Understanding those challenges that remote workers face and being intentional with your efforts to combat those challenges is a must in managing a healthy and productive remote team. So these five principles, again, going back to setting a clear goal and mission, using deadlines, promoting work-life balance, making yourself available, and always, always communicating can quickly be applied and practiced in your own remote work environment to boost the positive culture and connectivity among your fellow teammates. These are so essential, and these qualities are going to set you up for success in any work environment. So guys, make sure that you try these, have open dialogue with your team, check in on them, check on what their learning dynamic is and their work style is so that you can help them be the most successful that they can be. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope that you take some of these key points and apply them to your team. Until next time, keep on diving in. 